You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. If you try to remember, you will lose. Empty your mind. Be stronger. Shape like water. All the fighters that ever set foot on this planet. I'm the only world champion, United States national champion. I'm a two-time National college champion. I was never beating cotton. Be proud of this product. The Action Martial Arts Power Hour. All right. Welcome to the Action Martial Arts Power Hour, and it's going to be a great show tonight. Uh, we're here with your host, one of the leaders in the world of martial arts and founder of the largest martial arts expo in the United States, or in my, in my opinion, on the planet. Man, it's Alan Goldberg. Alan, how you doing, buddy? Hey, how are you, Lil? Good to have you. Good. Yeah, well, yeah, good. Good to be here with you, and and happy uh, belated birthday, by the way. Uh, oh, Alan Goldberg is thirty-five years young, and he's doing good. That's yeah, my it's <laughs> my second an- second anniversary. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, now, before we begin tonight, um, you know, we all have heavy hearts. Uh, we we have to take a moment reflect on what happened uh, on Friday morning, so this past Friday on December 14th in the town of, uh, of Newtown, Connecticut, uh, a senseless uh, attack took place at Sandy Hook Elementary School. You know, it's really even hard to talk about this because it's really tough. Uh, we had 20 uh, little children that lost their lives, and seven heroes that tried to protect them, they lost their lives as well. Um, I personally have tried to wrap my head around this since that happened, and I just can't do it. Uh, some people are, are crying gun control, while others are using this as a debate on everything from autism to high security in uh, schools. Uh, the way I look at it, you know, look, this is a town that was devastated. Uh, 27 families will never be the same, and uh, for that matter, the nation will never be the same. And on behalf of the Max Martial Arts Power Hour, Alan Goldberg and myself and all everyone on uh, on the Action Martial Arts Power Hour, our prayers go out to the families that were impacted. And um, at the end of the day, those children became the children of the nation, and those heroes became heroes of the nation. And I just wanted to open up with that. So, Alan, we have a special guest uh, on uh, coming on the show. So, why don't you uh, give us the lowdown? Well, you know what the nice thing about the show is. I actually get the chance to bring my friends on. And, you know, bringing celebrities on and bringing people that are legends in the martial arts, it's great. But when they're your friend and the people that you deal with all the time, you kind of get a different bond, and that's why the show works well. Uh, so right. it's my pleasure tonight to bring in Grandmaster Tyeri Casal, and he's one of the leading kung fu people that have been around when I was a boy. And I don't want to say that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, but I actually watched him fight when I was a youngster. Uh, he's got a, definitely a couple of years on me. He was out there in Madison Square Garden. I watched him fight in quite a few other places. He's been a pioneer in Kung Fu and martial arts alone. So it's my pleasure to invite him to the show and just say, hey, how are you, buddy? Greetings and salutations to both of you gentlemen. Thank you so, so much. I, it is an honor and a pleasure to to get a chance to speak with you all in this way because uh, while I have called in before, as you know, now I have to talk about the things related to me, and um, I got that part covered. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> How, 
however, when you opened up, sir, you opened up talking about this, um, for me, this, this very senseless hyenas tragedy that took place. Yep. And um, uh, and Sifu Goldberg, you know, I had written something online that just basically talked about how I I literally languished uh, throughout the night with tears in my eyes and in my heart oh, yeah. because it was something that, and I'm not I I don't get into I'm I'm not going to get into the Second Amendment rights. That's that's nowhere near anything that I would talk about. I'm not going to do that. My only rights that I'm interested in, you know, are the rights of of children to be able mm-hmm. to go to school and to be able to be with their other friends. And for a mother and father to be able to drop their child off, expecting to be able to hold them in their arms eight hours later. I'm only interested mm-hmm. in, in them being able to enjoy that kind of life. So mm-hmm. my spirit is about embracing the goodness that is in humanity. And as martial arts instructors, we acknowledge clearly the first responders. You know, firemen and and police officers, they charge into danger. And so that's another kind of energy. And so as martial artists, we respect that warrior spirit but we are also supposed to be the protectors as well, which is why we're supposed to do all of those things that help to develop within our students the confidence and the respect and the discipline and, key, the awareness. So I thank you for opening up by talking about that. But but let's get on to a, a, another more positive and happier kind of energy. And one of the things I like to say is that coming up in January is going to be the Action <laughs> Martial Arts Magazine Hall of Honors and that is going to be the safest place on the planet Earth. Yes, it is. Uh, you, you know something? Without I, I, a doubt. <laughs> I, I picked something up the other day and I don't know if anyone else realized we just had a terrible storm here named Sandy. Mm. Yes. And mm-hmm. we just had these children lost in a school called Sandy. Oh, yep. wow. And and you know, it, the lake. I, I have a mind that works that way sometimes, and I pick these things up. And I just said, "Wow!" I don't know if it was a sign or it's just something that you know, coincidence. I don't know, but maybe it's just making us as human beings aware of things happening in this world that you know we have to be more aware of it. You know, and, and say, "What do we do? What's the next step?" You know, and the, these children that died. I mean. They actually made a, a joining of people's feelings in this country. I mean, it's terrible that 20 children died. But yeah. I had to be honest, I couldn't even watch it on TV. I mean, you know, I'm, right. I'm supposed to be this, this big, tough guy. People look at me and stuff. But I, I'm a big softy when it comes to children and animals. I tell you. But we, and, we all are. We, we're yeah. all that way. You know, and, and, and I, couldn't, that, I couldn't watch oh, it. I yeah. just couldn't watch it. So anyway, but let's get off. The part, we gave our respect, and you know it's part of our our lifestyle right now. And I think we'll remember this a long time. And mm-hmm. I just want to say, let's just look for a better year, and uh, let's start off the year with the Action Martial Art Hall of Honors. That's all. 
Yeah, and I'll add I'll add this on before you interject. You know, going into uh, taking uh, having appreciation for the things that we have in this world and the positive things we have to look forward to. You know, your event, Alan, is one of those that kicks off the uh, new year every year. So on that note, I'll let you uh, talk about it a little bit. Well, you know, I, I want to talk to my guest a few seconds first. I know, I know he's a, a big fan of what we do and part of what we <laughs> You do, better so believe it. I just, I just want the audience to know, and there's not too many people that don't know the gentleman I'm talking to. And, uh, you know, I actually we were fortunate enough this year to have him back again. And we're actually bringing one of his best friends to come in, Mr. Ron Van Cleef, is coming in this year, too. So I'm very excited about yes. that. Yes, indeed. And, you know, I, I just want you guys to know a little bit. I see we, we have our uh, secret weapon coming up soon in about 10, 15 minutes. And that's our Mr. Joe, Wikipedia Joe, which is Joe. Oh, Bello. Wikipedia Joe. Ooh. Yeah, it's going to be on a little while. <laughs> and I, that's why I'm trying not to go into too much depth with questions on you, my friend. But he will tear you up. <laughs> he's gonna oh, he's yeah. gonna bring up things you can say. Uh oh, how did he know about that? Oh, but Joe, Joe's an amazing fellow, and we're glad to have him aboard. And uh, we have, we have some interesting things coming up after this. But just give the audience a little touch about your background, where you came from, and why you're here in the martial arts, still doing it after so many years. Well, you know what? One of the things that I, I have to say, I give thanks to the Creator. The one most high. I give thanks to God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when I first got started involved in the martial arts, um, it, it was because it was something that I just, what is this? It's just strange. It's weird. Wait till you read my book that's coming out. And it just talks about just, you know, how could you do what's, what's, something what's the title like that? What's the What's the title of that book? Well, it's, title? it's a working title right now, but Champion yeah. Spirit is is part of it. So you'll be hearing cool. everything that is connected to me. It will always have Champion Spirit involved. Mm-hmm. And and so I started out in Chicago, and as I always, you know, tell people, you know, with much pride, I'm from Chicago, and uh, and I also know that by saying that 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 carries you know, a particular kind of energy to it as well. But because of my uh, training, my work with some of the, as a little boy, and and I like to always point this out, as a little boy, I came up under some of the great masters and legends in the martial arts. Now, my first instructor if you want me, to, should I give you a little bit of the history background? Is that what you want me? Oh, hundred percent, hundred. Yes, sure. sure. The floor well, is yours. Well, my uh, thank you, gentlemen. My uh, first martial arts instructor was uh, Grandmaster James A. Jones Jr., who who was at one point he was the uh, in the Illinois and Midwest representative of the U.S. Uh, K.A., United States Karate Association, under mm-hmm. uh, Grandmaster Robert Trias. But his teacher, his teacher was John Kehan, or mm-hmm. some people may know him by that other name as Count Dante. Dante. <laughs> so Count Dante was the other, you know, that was his other name and persona. But but it was interesting in terms of him, um, Lou Friend, um, 
Oh, Victor Moore. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Jim McClain. I mean, I can go, you know, when I look at the list of the people that as a little boy that I was able to sit at their feet and sit at the, uh, while they were teaching class or be in a class with them, you know, I've come up under that lineage. Ken Knudsen, for folks who might remember that mm-hmm. particular name. Yep. But, yep. you know, Bill Wallace and I go back, way back to, now, you know, whenever you say this, it it, it definitely dates you. 19, the, the moment you say 19 for a mm-hmm. year, it's like, really? Yeah, but 1969 and 68, mm-hmm. well, no, 67, Bill and I yeah. go back. So... You know, and Bill will only tell you he's 21 years old, so that's the problem. You better believe it because, you know, and fortunately for me, I'm coming up on my birthday in February, and I'll be 30 again. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the fountain of youth, huh? <laughs> oh, you better believe it. And that's what martial arts is, that spirit and that energy. It, it will keep you there if you tap into it. So, you know, when I'm talking about you know, the, my time and the lineage. I I come from a uh, a lineage of champions, and that's all I've known. And I've only been blessed with being associated with great people like mm-hmm. Grandmaster Fred Hamilton, Grandmaster Moses Powell, Thomas mm-hmm. LaPuppet, George Colfield, Grandmaster Ronald. So these are the men and the people who have been in my life, uh, from, and I can go into the West Coast as well, you know, but it's just that, you know, as a young boy, I was just blessed. And I always wanted to, have you ever wanted to do something and that's all you ever wanted to do? Does that make sense to you? It makes oh, all the sense in the world. Well, know, because... because for me, that's what it was. When I was Fifteen. By the time, out of all the years, I had already been in martial arts. When I reached the age of fifteen, I knew this is all I want to do. That was it, and I wanted to travel the world. And because of my father, who brought home these world book encyclopedias, I don't know if you remember those. Sure, but, still got mine, believe it or not. Oh man. Yeah, I'm yep. flipping through those pages, looking at these different pictures of different exotic lands, and I was thinking, wow, I want to see this. I want to go there. And it, was, it, it has been because of the martial arts that I've been able to travel to all of those different countries. So mm-hmm. I've lived it out. I'm blessed. I thank God every day. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I mean... You know, it's it's was one thing. You have so many people in this world. They work every day. They're nine to five, and they don't realize what you realize. You do what you're passionate about. You do what you love, and you're able to you know earn a living doing it. But at the end of the day, it's fulfillment to you, and that that's what it comes down to. That that's a that's a better quality of life. Yeah, um, no doubt. Definitely. Yeah, I, I give you a funny injection of that um, today. I'm sitting in my office. I got a phone call. And uh, it's Carrie Tagawa. He's in town. Mm. And uh, <laughs> Carrie calls him. He says, I'm coming over to your office. I said, all right, come on over. Come on over. So he comes over, get coffee. We're sitting down. And I, and I said, Carrie, you got to excuse me because I got, you know, 
that the event coming up and just maybe, you know, whatever, we're talking, whatever. So we're talking. And my mobile phone's ringing, my Twitter lines are ringing, the computer's going up, Facebook is popping up questions, my, my regular IMs are popping up and back and forth all over the place. And he looks at me and he's laughing. He goes, God, he's, how could you do that? And I looked at him and across over him, I said, I'd be very upset if it wasn't happening. That's right. And I said, I love it. And, you know, this is part of my life. I don't just like being busy. And I said, you know, I'm a martial artist first. I'm a promoter second. I said, so the martial arts made me to be a better promoter because I was able to look at things differently. And, you know, I thank God. So we went out and had something to eat after that. And then he actually he's going to try to call in later on on the phone, too, because he wanted to say hello also. So, oh, yes, indeed. Anyway, but uh, go on. So tell us a little more. We're very interested. Well, you know, one of the things that I uh, had an opportunity to do uh, was, well, again, just simply travel and to be able to see um, the martial arts and the way it has been presented uh, and the different styles. Um, And everybody... You know, if each particular style has its own flavor, and then there's some particular personality that always stands out, even in that particular style. Mm-hmm. And and what what was unique to me uh, when I first arrived in New York City, and I'm and this is the part that's so great, um, and I'm so glad that you mentioned it, uh, Sifu Goldberg, that. Um, when I first arrived in New York City and was competing in a tournament, uh, through my techniques and the African martial arts that I teach and fight as well as the Kung Fu, I'm doing one of my techniques, and I'm used to fighting And from Chicago. You know, we, we attack every part of the body, and the groin was one of the attack areas. Uh, well, I fought in New York and, and got to hitting, kicking this guy and, and everybody was upset, like, oh, you can't be kicking in the groin, you can't do this and that. It was Ron Van Cleef who literally stopped the, the audience from booing and everybody and the judges. And he said, like, no, he's from Chicago, this is different, this is how they the fight and the rules are different there. And he calmed everybody down. And that was the beginning in 71. That's what forged our friendship, even though I had seen and met him years earlier. But he he literally just um, calmed everything down and and took me under his wing and did a lot of other stuff in terms of of, of classes and training and um, even mm-hmm. working with him at this uh, school called Jerome Mackey's. If I don't oh, know yeah. if do I, do and, I how 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 good is Jerome Mackey's? It, it was I lived a block away. <laughs> they I mean he had he had about uh, like. Twenty thirty schools, you know yeah. he was he was like General Motors. Well, you know? his original one, the original one he had on Flatbush Avenue. If you remember, that's the one. Yeah, Fla- yeah, Flatbush and Manhattan, Church and the Avenue, Bronx. Yeah. And I taught at three of the schools uh, that he had: uh, two in Queens mm-hmm. and, and and one in the Bronx. But it was all because of Grandmaster Ron Van Cleef, who said, "Like, no, mm-hmm. I want him to be doing this and that." So he's been just you know a mentor and. Uh, uh, the guardian angel, as they say, you know, in that sense. Mm-hmm. But he's always just been a champion. And um, and then, as you know, of course, you know, continued on with his career in terms of just martial arts and movies. And you know mm-hmm. that we're in this new documentary 
that's coming out in uh, February called The Black Kung Fu Experience. That's a mm-hmm. PBS documentary. So that'll be coming up in February. Well, we but, are, we're actually going to be showing it at our events. You know that. What? Yes, sir. Oh, <laughs> uh, Ron had asked me to set up a room, and we're going to pre-show the show the film at our event. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I let the cat out of the bag, but I don't think he really cares. But we're setting up a special room j- just to make the the, uh, the first viewing will be at our event this year. Wow. Absolutely we have, fantastic. Well, you know, we actually, look, once again, that's Ron, Grandmaster, yeah. leading the way, doing this stuff. It's just and, and then there you are, once again, being so gracious and a wonderful host to allow something like that to happen, man. I, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's, it's good because... It's a great. It was a great experience that he, you know, helped set up. It was just wonderful, man. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So, somebody give give me a, a give me a, a a very special question so that I can go ahead and reach well, in and pull it out. Well, I tell oh, you, we, we have, have a caller. We have a caller for you. Uh, okay. Yeah, we have a caller. We have Tom from Long Island. If you want that question, I'm sure. I'm, I'm open. Let's let's go. All right. All right, Tom from Long Island, welcome to the show. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. Hello, Sifu Allen. Uh, hello, hey, Oso. there he goes. <laughs> How are you, Tom? I, I I think you might know who it is. Yeah, I do. Oh, of course I do, man. <laughs> yes, great, I definitely great. recognize that spirit and voice. <laughs> I I actually have a three-part uh, question for Oso, if, if I could. Um I would like to go back to uh, 1974, uh, Madison Square Garden, the fight with uh, Lil John Davis, what many uh, believe was actually the birth of, of MMA on the large 100%. scale because n- no one had been in Madison Square Garden doing martial arts, taking center stage and fighting. What he feels uh, the impact with Lil John Davis was, and also the fact that at that time, Kung Fu practitioners really weren't doing fighting in the competition. They would come in, do forms and weapon, and leave. So I, I wonder if uh, Oso could speak on his impact in the uh, Kung Fu experience. Wow. Well, sir, you know, thank you so much for being consistent in your uh, historical reference and respect to me. When I had the absolute honor and the privilege to step into the ring at Aaron Banks's Oriental World of Self-Defense in Madison Square Garden in June 2nd, 1974, in front of mm. 19,567 people. Notice how I ran that off, so you know I must be proud. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And, and I, I would just like to add, that was wide world of sports. At that time, that was the largest sports television you put ESPN and and all uh, Sports Channel, all that together, they still don't add up to what Wide World of Sports was. At at, at that particular mm. time, sir, absolutely, you are correct. It was ABC's Wide World of Sports that was all around the entire world, and it was the, this this moment in which they wanted to show the martial arts, and it was two different styles of martial arts that were going to be competing, and it was obviously mixed. So this was the karate versus kung fu. And I had this man who was the 
a senior student of Grandmaster Moses Powell, who uh, I love, honor, and respect. But I've got his student in front of me now, and his object was and goal was to demonstrate, because it was an exhibition match, we were supposed to be showing the best of our arts. And he wanted to make sure that he got everything off <laughs> so he could look good. And I can't blame him. <laughs> and the only thing was, that was on my mind was, hey, me too. I got I got exactly. some things up to my sleeve and <laughs> everywhere else hidden. Come on, let's pull it out. And and to get the reception that we did with the standing ovation from all of those people, when I think back upon it, I realize that it definitely did help to uh, be one of the pivotal points in terms of martial arts, in terms of how people could um, blend their arts to work against each other. But but little John and and to this day, you know, we have always been remained the best of brothers in the martial arts. So so I think about that as you know a crucial point, and I and I hope that that satisfied part of the question for you, um, Sophie Gedlin. On the other side, I have to say that you know I was always just doing what I do. And I never had any fear stepping into the ring when I was competing. Uh, I did forms. I did weapons. I did the sparring and tournament competition. I did full contact fighting. I did bare knuckle fighting. So I've never had the fear behind me because I always believed in my art and always trusted it and my training. So when I... Think about the impact. I I have to leave that to other people to make their assessment. I'm going to l- let other folks talk about it because the only thing that I would like for anybody to say is that he never backed down. He did everything. And, by the way, I still do. I still can. I still will. <laughs> There you go, bro. Could I could I ask the second could I ask the second part, Oso? Yes, sir. Uh, in regard to in the seventies, um, there weren't any kung fu fighters. Um, everything seemed to have come out of karate and and you know the various arts of karate. But the kung fu fighters were very very far in between. And I know later on, you know, you had Abdul Matikabair and George Creighton showed up, but you were um, before that. I mean, why do you think it took so long for Kung Fu to take center stage in terms of fighting? You know, it's interesting. Um, and I'm going to go back to the part of uh, the belief in your training. And, uh, I, you know, every martial art has the mysterious parts of it. You know, when you can throw a punch and supposedly that's a killing blow. When we know sometimes you can throw that punch and all you did was just hit somebody. Am I making sense? It really wasn't all that. It wasn't. And so some of the mystery and 
uh, I think a lot of times, uh, some of the things that I heard is that, you know, well, my techniques are too deadly for me to be out there, you know, doing it. And I always thought, yeah, well, show it. But, you know, a lot of folks didn't. So I don't know. I just know that it took sometimes, sometimes I believe you need that other person to to, to run up ahead. You need that scout. Mm-hmm. You need that point. And every now and then, if you see that, then somebody else says, you know what? Yeah, I can do this. And if I was that person, which, which inside Kung Fu's the magazine that had been around for so many years, when I was on the cover of Inside Kung Fu, they said that I was the first Kung Fu fighter. I never claimed it. They said it. This magazine that was run by by the Wong family, Curtis and Doug, mm-hmm. and all, so their magazine, they said, you were Kung Fu's first fighter. So my position was, then I guess I just needed to be at that particular spot and place. But right. but let me let me just for a quick moment let me add this part. When you want to learn how to fight, and you want to learn how to do forms and weapons and self defense, you need to be in a in a place where you can acquire that knowledge and information. So the instructor, mm-hmm. your school is important. But but every now and then there are these special places that you can go to where you can get it from a lot of different people. In Shelter yeah. Island, uh Soki Thomas Gettling runs with with, with uh C. Joe James Robinson, they run this warrior camp. And at this warrior camp in Sifu Goldberg, you know all of these people come and all of the instructors. And so you got over a hundred students that are coming in to learn the martial mm-hmm. arts from every genre. And you see it there. And that's the place. And so in in two thousand and thirteen in September, once again, this warrior camp is going to take place. And then I'm just, I have to say, you know, people should come there as well so that you can yeah. get all yeah. of that kind of stuff. Well, I'm people, coming out this year to support huh. you guys, that's for sure. I'm going to be hanging out with you guys on the island. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, I'm, I'm going to let you go, Master, but, um, you know, I, I'd like to say this, and, and, and also maybe you could back me up. In the 70s, Aaron Banks gave a platform for many, many martial artists, and yes. I think we would be remiss without, you know, saying what Sifu Goldberg has done for so many martial arts and giving them a platform, myself included. At, at, at this particular point, as I am just being a part of the Action Hall of Honors, Every January, when this takes place, it is the greatest assembly of martial artists at this particular point that I can see on earth. Everybody comes from all over the world to be involved in an event that is spectacular in its production, but the heartfelt reunion of people who share their knowledge and techniques. See, for Goldberg, you've done it with class with style, 
every year, and it just gets better and better each time. And I'm just trying to figure out what's next. Every year, you always say, "What would, wait till you see what happens next year. And every well, I, year, you bring something else that makes it that much more enjoyable, memorable, and it maintains the integrity of the martial arts. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, we, we are. I'm going to give you a little rundown of what we are bringing this year. But I just wanted to get something that, that – Tom was saying before, you know why I feel that the Kung Fu was not on the forefront of the fighting aspect was, if you really remember when Kung Fu hit the States, and I'm a Kung Fu guy, I started my Kung Fu training in like 1969. And really, when you came in, the Kung Fu training were mostly to Orientals at the time. Yeah. And they didn't want us out there. If, If we were lucky enough to be able to train with them, they didn't want us out there putting it out in front of people. So... You know, until someone took that first step, it was being shunned upon putting out in front of the other public, the, you know, the karate or the, uh, the jiu-jitsu people, whatever else, putting our kung fu out there in front of them. Because there was always that, that if you want to say, like um, they said, that it was the more mystical end of, of the martial arts. But thank God now it's not that way anymore. You know, so we actually see that that, that open door, and we have the pioneer that uh, did it on, on our, our show tonight. So God bless that. And I need to just add something on on top of that to Tayari. Um, you know, I said this every time you call in and you you interact with whoever we have on. I say this that your 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 level of humbleness humbles us because mm-hmm. someone of your your stature in the world of martial arts, you could be arrogant. You could be a lot of things, but that's not the makeup of you. And I appreciate you being like that because hopefully that. People will hear that and see that, and they'll they'll be like that because I think uh, you know when you achieve the things that you have achieved. And, you know, I mean, how many people uh, that are kung fu guys uh, back then, you know, can grace the cover of you know karate, kung fu, and all types of martial arts magazines uh, during the seventies? You know, uh, yeah. you've done it, and you're still yeah. doing it. You're still bringing it. You're you're inspiring kids, and you're showing them the right path. And I just want to thank you for what you're doing. I need to say that before we take any other callers because I know once we bring Wikipedia Joe on, I'm not going to have any opportunity to say anything. So we keep we keep him on hold for now. Um, well, I, I, again, I, I, just, I just want to add something out also that, you know, I, I yeah. was at that fight you had with little John also. I was probably about 150 rows off the front stage, but I, I actually saw it. So it was still cool. I have to say I, I had that history of my book also. I was able to watch it there. But uh, – just to give you an idea, this year what we're really trying to do is every year I look at what can I do next, and it's not a matter of even being one step above what I did. I just want to make things more, you know, active for people to come down and spend the weekend. So we always try to add. So we, this year we do have that little film thing with, with uh, Ron Van Cleef, and I also have Kevin Sorbos going to be showing a movie also. Uh, but I, I'm doing the wine and cheese party that we're doing this year. We're expanding that to double the size of the room. Mm. Uh, we we actually have Louis Neglia coming in this year doing oh, the no. Ring of Combat. Lou Neglia's coming in? Right. He's doing the Ring of Combat on Friday night in the main arena right after our wine and cheese party. So I brought that, there's going to be another couple thousand martial artists in the building that night also. So we're adding a lot of new things on. We have uh, our buddy, I know he's a buddy, he's also Bam Johnson and Dennis Brown are coming in. They're bringing in 
the MMA Point Martial Arts Contest Tournament, which is brand yeah. new. They did it one time. We're bringing it in for this year, and I think that's going to be a riot because we're he's getting a lot of play on it, a lot of calls on it. So, yeah, we're adding on new things all the time. Some, you know, different uh, venue rooms were opening up for different things. And, listen, all I got to say is I couldn't do it if it wasn't the support of my friends. I don't even want to say anything more than that. You guys are my friends and you support what I do, so I appreciate that. Um, it, it, once again, look at that. Again, raising the level. And, oh, you know, Lou Negley and I go back in, in New York, and we travel around the country as well. And what a great Great middleweight champion he was when he was mm-hmm. you know, on the circuit, and and a and a fantastic martial arts promoter now as well. Mm-hmm. I I um, sir, when you, you made the comment about me, the only thing I can tell you is that I, I I'm so grateful to be around and been honored to be around so many wonderful people that I, I'm still. I'm still that young little boy, that young little spirit. I'm so happy to be around, and so I'm still amazed. And so if, you know, whatever I've done, like, okay, yeah, that that was good, but look at these other people. Look at what they're doing yeah, now. I got you. And you know, you know what's nice this year? We, we just all added on. I mean, I didn't even put it up on Facebook yet. We just added on six more countries are coming in this year that have never wow. been to our event before. Uh, we, it's just, and you'll see it on Facebook uh, hopefully in the next day to uh, as soon as I get the confirmation. So they're coming. I mean, literally, we're gonna have about almost 28, 29 countries coming in this year. So once again, a testament to to the spirit, your dedication to uplifting the martial arts. You know, when when um, you know recently when Jeff when Jeff Smith was on, and uh, we laughed and joked about him and his great self. But uh, and we didn't get a chance to talk about it. And I want to make sure that I mention this real quickly before you said there's another gentleman on the line. You know, our martial artists, the the old guard, we we honor and respect them. And we lost Joe Lewis this year, right. and and Grandmaster Ronald Duncan as well. And these yeah. two men who I've gone back with for so many years, and mm. it it is, um, I'm going to say something at the event, Sifu uh, uh, Goldberg, but I just want to make sure that even today, you know, I want to honor these men and just simply say, you know, the impact that they have had is just going to be for generations Generations and yes. generations. That's that's what it's going to be, and uh, and I'm I'm so honored to to yeah. to have known them and to have been close with those men. But anyway, well, that's we, all we I are, want to say about that, sir. Yes, sir. Go on. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna let Joe on in one second, but I just say to the audience, we know we are doing a special presentation this year for Joe Lewis and Grandmaster Ronald Duncan at the event. Uh, there's something special I already set up with the two sons of Mr. Duncan, and I set up with Joe Lewis's. Uh, there's some great news that Bill Wallace and the Joe Lewis people are joining into one organization now. And uh, Bill and I have been talking, and we have a very special presentation that will be given to both men's family at the event. So, you know, it's not my event, guys. It's all yours, so definitely you'll all be involved. So, Yes, indeed. 
Okay. Yes, on, on that note, what, what we're going to do, we're going to take a little break, uh, listen to uh, the commercial and maybe a song, and then we're going to come back and we're going to bring on Wikipedia Joe. So, uh, Tayari, just get ready because uh, <laughs> he's he's going to he's going to have a lot of questions for you. I'm oh sure. Lord, he, he, I guess he, I, he, he said I got to get ready. Let me let me put my phone on the charger. <laughs> Yeah, you need to do that because uh, he just—he he told me earlier today he has a lot of stuff on it. <laughs> oh, good gracious! Oh, he's listening to the show. He's knocking things off, crossing this out, crossing that out. Can't talk about this. Can't talk about that. But I have twenty other things to talk about. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back uh, with this great inspirational martial artist. You know, a legend. You're a legend. That's it. Whether you like to say it or not, I'm going to say it here. Uh, We're going to be right back on the Action Martial Arts Power Hour. You're listening to UCW Radio. Audience, say it with me. Legendary. It's going to be 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 legendary. Ultimate Martial Art Experience, Action Martial Arts Magazine Hall of Fame, January 25th to 26th this year. Don't miss it. Bigger and better than ever. More stars, more people, bigger rooms. We're expanding everything. Friday night parties, seminars. So be there. You need to call me, 718-856-8070, and I'll tell you more.
audience, say it with me, legendary. It's going to be legendary. It's going to be legendary. It's going to be legendary. Legendary. The ultimate martial arts business, Action Martial Arts Magazine Hall of Fame, January 25th to 26th this year. Don't miss it. Bigger and better than ever. More stars, more people, bigger rooms. We're expanding everything. Friday night parties, seminars, so be there. You need to call me, 718-856-8070, and I'll tell you more. All right, welcome back to the Action Martial Arts Power Hour. And, uh, you know, as you, if you've been listening, you know that we have a living uh, legend in the world of martial arts. It's uh, also Tayeri Cassell. He's, he's with us. And I didn't have the opportunity to give him uh, a proper introduction, and I apologize uh, for that. You know, he is one of the most humble, uh, you know, uh, men that you'll find in the world of martial arts. And he's accomplished so much. And, I, I'm, you know, Alan and I are, are proud to have him on the show and for him sharing his story, his, the story of his journey, everything with us. And, uh, you know, Tiari, welcome back. Uh, and we have uh, Wikipedia Joe is also joining us. So it's going to be a melee. You know that, Alan. It's going to be a melee in a second. Legendary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joe, welcome, Joe. Thank you, gentlemen. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, I, I've got to say, it's not often that I get to speak to literally one of my inspirations. And uh, again, Tayyata Cassell, without a shadow of a doubt, sir, you were one of my greatest inspirations to study the Chinese martial arts. Um, all the way back from the, uh, you know, thank God for Al Wise because through his official karate magazine, I got to read articles about the youth fist and and Chang Chuan and ground techniques and seeing your pictures displayed in articles like, uh, you remember Defense Combat's is Kung Fu Too Gentle for the Streets with these wonderful pictures of you with this gentleman, uh, Ken uh, Wilkinson's article way back in the day. And... Uh, I'm just, I'm, my, my, literally, my desk is, is strewn with martial arts magazines from over the years that you've been featured on the covers with, Official Karate Annual from 1980 with you with Dennis Brown. Um, there's so many questions I have to ask, but uh, I, ironically, the first one really hasn't been asked yet, and how did you begin in Kung Fu? Wow. Well, you you had me smiling there when you started talking about just some of the other, especially the defense in uh, in the streets article. So, yes, sir, you you definitely have done some research. <laughs> you've got you've got some information. Um, I got involved in, believe it or not, after studying karate for so many years, as I said, under Grandmaster James Jones Jr. Um, I I was introduced to to the Chinese martial arts because of another instructor, and it was something. Well, let me be honest. It was a political reason as well as a martial reason why I switched over. I, I know that that doesn't that may not make a lot of sense, but politics was involved. It was a consciousness, it was an awareness coming up in the 60s and 70s, and it was an element that dealt with um, the consciousness of just who I was as an African-American in in the country at the time. So, you know, it was about, you know, 
just, you know, self-awareness. And and here I was getting an opportunity to study with somebody who was teaching this new African Kung Fu Kupigana Ngumi Society. And so when I had gone there, it was specifically because I was interested in finding out more about African culture and myself and the relationship that China and Africa had to each other. And that's what started it. Now, who who are the people that you were trained with initially in your early training? Who was the you know obviously seeing the influences from? Like I said, I grew up on the youth fist and the ground fighting techniques articles on you over the years. Who were your major influences? Who were the people that you worked with? Uh, well, my 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 first um, that particular instructor was Infidishi um, Talona. That's who I trained with initially in terms of the Shaolin Kung Fu. But then after that. Um, I also had the opportunity, because of his teacher as well, I studied with uh, Professor Ho Chi Kwan. And to go into his background, uh, it, it, it talks about a lineage that goes back to the founders of the secret yang style of Tai Chi Chuan. But I also had the opportunity to study in, in New York City under two particular people that um, one is pretty well-known and the other is just well-known. And that is uh, Northern Praying Mantis I studied with uh, Sifu Raymond Nelson. And uh, I also studied Northern Eagle Claw under Sifu Shum Leung. And both of these particular men uh, in terms of their training and their style, uh, just really, I've, I'm, I've been doing northern, you know, the northern kung fu. Uh, I haven't done any time really doing anything southern, but um, those two men and their style, it was just amazing being in class, especially the praying mantis for Raymond Nelson. Golly, we trained in this one little box of a school, and in the winter time. He would come in after we're training on the floor, no heat in the entire building. He would come in and expect us to warm up the room by our training. Does that make sense to you? You bet. And then he would open the door. He would open the door and let the cold air come in and say, start all over. Yep. Wow. Uh, Oh, yeah. So... I've had that kind of training. But you couldn't do that these days, that's for sure. You'd be getting lawsuits all over the place. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, there would be some issues. Well, you know what? I have one of my students here, and uh, uh, Sifu Goldberg, uh, I mentioned online about her. I'm going to be bringing her, hopefully, uh, to uh, uh, Atlantic City so she can demonstrate one of the forms that I've been working with her on. She just gave me a thumbs up, so that means I'm going to make her train outside in the cold in just a little while. There you go, in the snow. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, speaking of hard training, and uh, again, you were one of the first. You mentioned him earlier. You mentioned about Fred Hamilton. You were involved in one of the first, basically, 
I, we can't say no holds barred, but pretty darn close to it. Bare knuckle, full contact event. I remember the pictures in the day. Errol Bennett was there and other individuals. And and there's a wonderful picture of you in that dragon stance with the, with the finger slice. And I'm like going, oh, yeah, let's talk about this particular event. How did all that come about? Wow. That was <laughs> – Grandmaster Fred Hamilton issued a challenge and he's after all of the people in the martial arts up in the New York metropolitan area who claim to be so bad, he said, this is an opportunity for you all to show everything. So he he threw it out there. He said, this is a full contact, bare knuckle, no, no holds barred. He, the only thing that he said that you could not do, you couldn't try to gouge anybody in the eye, and you couldn't try to actually break anything on anybody. Other than that, Everything else went, and only a few of us showed up, right. and the idea was, hey, I'm standing in front of you. You prove your art. I'm going to prove mine. So this was the, the man-to-man. This was that kind of energy, and I got a chance to stand in front of some people and uh, was able to leave with only, uh, you know, a couple of little bruises on me. There you go. That's incredible. And now, um, in relationship to that, let's go on to another fight. Again, one of your students earlier, Tom, brought up the, your, your classic uh, uh, battle with uh, Little John Davis, who, who is another one of my inspirations who I'm hoping to meet soon. I, I actually was all set to go see him in New York, and unfortunately, Hurricane Sandy kicked in, and um, things changed, and they still had the event, but there just was no way I was going to get down there. But let's okay. talk about your fight against Benny the Jet Urquidez at Oriental World of Self-Defense. Oh, yeah. Remember that one, too. Oh, my and goodness. I, I don't want to talk just about the fight. I want to talk about the rules meeting, because I know there was a huge controversy on what the rules were going to be even before the fight, and that caused some controversy during the match. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? <laughs> you have done your research. Yes, sir. Yes. Um, Benny Arquidez, Benny the Jet, who is such a unbelievable, fantastic champion and has been for many, many years. And I, I love the fact that uh, not only did we get a chance to work against each other, but he and I also, if you may remember, we fought on the same team that Chuck Norris had, had pulled together um, after the fight that I had with him. And so he and I, I was the only non-karate person on uh, Chuck Norris's team when we fought in Puerto Rico. But but we were supposed to fight, and one of the things that I had wanted in the, in the rules was that I was going to be allowed to fight from the ground. I'm a right. ground fighter. I want to use my ground fighting techniques. And I was told that it was going to be allowed. Unfortunately... There were two things that happened. Um, one, there was a referee that was not supposed to be the referee, uh, that I, I didn't want him to be the referee in the match, and 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 the fact that I couldn't, they wouldn't allow me to fight from the ground. Plus, if you if if you look at it, and there are some uh, footage of it, um, I even walked out of the ring, you know, before the match started because there was never even a way in. We had different equipment. There wasn't a there wasn't a way in, so at, this was just a question of just two men fighting, which mm. I have a problem with that. I still don't. It's just that at that particular point, I was going for the rules, 
But this was one of those controversial things in which, just like at the full contact tournament, I've always been involved in things where people have changed rules on me at the last minute. I've always had to deal with that. So that was just another example of it. Well, it's just a matter of when you're that good, people want to um, change things to their advantage, shall we say? But uh, I, mean, I, 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 have, I have that clip actually on my Facebook page back about two years ago. Wow. I'm, I'm going to try to bring that back up again if I have a chance. Yeah, and um, I'm I'm very happy that Aaron Banks actually put out a, a series, a, a two uh, a two uh, VHS series on the Oriental World of Self Defense. You know, putting together a lot of that footage from over the years that many people just never got a chance to see, including myself. So I'm watching and I'm having a field day. I'm like, this is great, you know. Um, I haven't seen well, it, so you, somebody got to give me a copy of it. I'll see you next month. You bet. I, Thank I'm you. Bring it. I'm going to be bringing a handful of uh, magazines. I got to have you sign. You know, I've, I've still got I've got that defense combat with the with uh, with you on the cover as well as uh, I'm looking right now at uh, speaking of different issues. I'm looking at the official karate special from uh, 1986, and uh, you weren't featured in the issue, but they featured you on the cover. And um, <laughs> since we're talking about African the African American influence, um, let's talk a little bit about Jinyosha. And um, and again, touching base that that was when you were really starting to explore your the African roots and the African martial arts. And um, can you? And I, I know that uh, yourself and Dennis Brown were were associated. And I want to say the founder. Oh, I'm, I'm blanking out on his name. Please accept my apologies. Um, oh well, gosh. Um, there, there the two. Masai, am I, see, I right in that? I see. Right. Masai and Ifedisha Talona. Those are the two men who were involved in that. And, now, uh, and yes, indeed, that um, um, I've been on the cover of of two particular magazines where uh, I allowed the photograph to be taken, obviously on the cover, when I was going to be the person who was the recipient of the technique as opposed to the, you know, the person who was being featured. Right, and, I'm looking at one of them right now, Official Karate Annual 1980. And that was the one. The other one was with um, with uh, Sifu um, Al DeCascos. And, mm-hmm. and, and in both times, I simply, you know, wanted to be a part of whatever would promote the martial arts and, and, and what would make them look good and, and to do that. Jin Yosha was the, um, this understanding of, um, of where, where martial arts started, where it come from the balance and the harmony of it. Um, the symbol that that you see in that magazine is called the Jinyame, and it's a symbol that talks about the omnipotence of God. And it talks about that in the beginning of time or the end of time, for time immemorial, there's only God, and that there is the only way that you can exist is to understand that that is what is and that you can't fear anything except God, but God should be loved and respected. And the martial arts is supposed to embody those spiritual principles. And so that was the reason why the research was going into that, to find out, you know, where did this start? When we go back to thousands of years, thousands of years, the oldest recorded martial arts are etched in stone in Egypt 
at the temple of Beni Hassan. And so you're looking at martial arts, wrestling, fighting, acrobatics, gymnastics, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. This was done in stone thousands of thousands of years before anything else, before China, before Japan, before Korea, before Okinawa, before India. And so, you know, I talk about, like, the history in terms of where things start and how it goes through and the geography and the trade and all those kinds of things that help to uh, put it into perspective. But, you know, please remember, you know, history is always told by the victor, whoever won, and whoever has the best PR. So, <laughs> Very so, well said. Very well said. So, I like that. Know, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's how it goes. But, you know. Yeah, it's true, because if, if you look at the Japanese history books, they're completely different from the history books we have in America. And and, yeah. and I need to, yeah. but I need to I need to uh, interject for a second because we have a, a special guest from the UK, Alan, uh, that's calling in, Grandmaster Kwok. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, Grand Grandmaster, you're on uh, the show. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Hello, sir. How are you? Yeah. yeah. Well, we're, yeah, we're, we're getting great. Yeah, I just finished. Uh... Yeah, I just finished tra- my traveling. I've been to 24 countries this year. <laughs> oh, wonderful. I know, you're gonna be, I, I know you're going to be joining us this year. Would you tell your audience just uh, who you are? And so, well, I mean, I know who you are, but I'll let my audience know who doesn't know. Yeah, sure. Yeah, my name is uh, Samuel Kwok, and uh, I'm uh, a student of uh, Grandmaster Yipman, the guy who taught Bruce Lee, and then from his two sons, and I uh, been living in England since 1972 and been promoting uh, the Man region throughout the world. Right, so, and you yeah, also did the choreography. You had also done the choreography on the movies too, the Yip Man movies too, correct? Oh, on the Yip Man movie, uh, I sent my uh, student Leo over there, and I've been coaching him uh, also, yeah. To do the movie with okay. uh, uh, Samuel Hope. Yeah. Well, also, you see, now we got all legends online here. <laughs> it's an it's an honor and privilege it's an honor and privilege to hear Sifu Kwok. I've, I've followed his career for several years. I'm really looking forward to meeting him in January. It's a rare opportunity. Uh, well, you know, uh, well, I'll say, you know, you know. Uh, my my friend Joe Rebelli has never been to our event before. It's gonna be his first year, and I think he's gonna have an overload. He's gonna walk out of here <laughs> not knowing to do, what to do with himself. <laughs> you know, you know what he's gonna be? It's gonna be like uh, one of these uh, kids going to Comic Con. That's gonna be Joe. It's gonna be Wikipedia overload. <laughs> it sounds fantastic, and uh, and uh, thank the uh, the instructor for calling in. I uh, only got a chance to hear. Listen, couldn't quite understand a couple of things, but uh, I, I appreciate him calling in. Okay, wonderful. Sir, thank you, and we appreciate your call in. And uh, we're going to definitely see you in January, so we're very honored you'll be there. And we, we just we have so many great pioneers and masters and grandmasters there, and you're going to fit right in with everything we do. So we're, it will be an honor to have you there, sir. Okay, thank you very much, sir. 
Yes, indeed. Thank you. God bless. Thank, as well. thank yes, you very much, Claude. Well, that was a surprise call. Okay. Wow. No, actually, he, he had he had called in. I was trying to bring him on, but then he okay. got disconnected. He actually he made a big effort to come on the show, which uh, we we appreciate on the Action Martial Arts Power Hour when someone of uh, that magnitude, you know, takes takes yeah. time and the effort to call in to be a part of it. Yes, so, indeed. Good, really nice. Very stuff. very nice. Okay, well, if, Joe, you you got, you got one more question, Joe. Hit him. I, okay, we've talked about we've talked about you know Tayati Cassell, the kung fu practitioner. We've talked about his early days. We've talked about uh, tournament fighting. I want to talk about Tayati Cassell, the magician and the snake charmer. Ah. <laughs> How did you get involved in magic? I remember looking in the early official karate, uh, and suddenly your fascination with magic, and then suddenly this fascination would of all things snake charming. Please enlighten us. Oh, wow. Listen to this guy. Sifu Goldberg, where did you find this man? <laughs> ah, but you, you know the funny thing about it? You talk about the magic. I'm an amateur magician. I'm very amateur. <laughs> and I was doing a few tricks at, at the event, and Ose walks over to me. He goes, come here. And he starts telling me some little things, whatever. And I looked at him. I go, he goes, yeah, I was a magician for many, many years. And I just thought that was such, such a, a, a great introduction, really, because we really didn't talk too much until that. And that kind of, you know, I don't know if people know, but with magicians to magicians, it's almost a different type of mindset. You know, very, very cool. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, sir, I'm going to tell you, I've always been, I've always been fascinated with um, things that are mystical, things that are spiritual, things that have been otherworldly. As a as a little boy, uh, there were certain things that took place that um, I didn't quite understand, and even my mother and father told me later that they didn't understand that were happening around me. Then the opportunity presented itself when I could begin to study this art of the leisure domain and. When that opportunity presented itself, I just got so enraptured with with it. And one of my first meetings um, was in 1978, and I was at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel at the IBM, the International Brotherhood of Magicians, the meeting. And I was there... And I listened to these, I watched all of these unbelievable magicians perform. And then it was during that time, and the short version of the story is that uh, I was there, and somebody asked me who I was. And I said, you don't know who I am, but I will be performing at the Magic Castle. And that's when I found out at that time that the Magic Castle was the premier spot in in Hollywood, mm-hmm. California, for the best magicians in the world. And when I right. went to Las Vegas and moved there and continued my practice and study of the arts with the great, the great Michael Skinner, with Jimmy Grickle, Paul Harris, Daniel Cross. But I did eventually perform at the Magic Castle two years in a row in front of the founder of Close Up Magic, Professor Di Vernon. So that wow. was one of the things that I uh, I hold true to. I, I invented a, an effect 
that the magician Doug Henning performed on his television special way back when as well. It's called Twilight. It's a coin and mirror effect. I was the the uh, co-founder and uh, of that particular uh, event, that, that particular effect. So the magic has always been with me. I do it every now and then, and my student who's sitting in front of me now had me uh, perform something not long ago uh, for her as well. However, the snakes is part of my totem, and the spirit and energy that goes with that comes out of, uh, in Africa and in, in ancient Egypt, it is the uraeus, it's the crown that uh, the pharaoh would wear. But out of ancient uh, India, it talks about it's only in Western culture that the snake has anything negative attached to it. In other cultures, it has always been revered for its ability to shed, to become new, to uh, for longevity and for awareness. And so that has been my uh, uh, my interest. But then with the Kupigana in Gumi, the African martial arts that I teach, which is called the Inyoka system, the snake system, we deal with the four primary snakes, the mamba, cobra, viper, and python. And so that's when I have, and if you've seen some of the pictures that I post on Facebook, I've done different things with the only snake that I haven't done anything with is a mamba. Yet, mm-hmm. but cobra, viper, and python. I've I, I got it. I got to ask you a question. But as we're talking, you, you just letting everyone know. I have to. I have Alan Woodman coming on. You guys, you ask your question, okay. Alan. I just want to. Okay. I, I, I got to so ask you a question. It. As being a magician, I know how you practice and you learn to get things perfect. How the hell do you practice with a cobra, though? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to put a cobra in front of you. Yes, there, there's, a, there, there's an awareness and a trust factor, but you've got to be so careful. Trust? Brother, I have to tell you, you're a better man than me because I, I run the other way. I'm sorry to tell you that. To do something like that is, uh, yeah, that's a little intense. <laughs> you're, you're, you're my hero. <laughs> Thank I, you. I was in, I was in, uh, I was in India about a year and a half ago, and and they had, uh, they had one of the uh, snake handlers on the street. We went up, and they allowed you to like, you know, kind of handle the the cobra, and, and that was a little scary as it was. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do it on a regular basis. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I understand. Well, you know, I'm not doing it on a regular basis, but uh, oh lord, if you could have seen me when I was in. I was in Vegas one time for this handling a rattlesnake. That was a that was really intense. All right, uh, on that note, I got I got to play a little song for you because it, it's warranted. All right. <laughs> and and that is that definitely suits you, my man. Definitely. <laughs> I, I wanted to uh, just take a second. I wanted to say uh, hello to uh, Master Oso. Uh, respect, sir. I, I, we've never met, but I'm hoping to meet you at the event next, next year. Well, I, I've got a special guest also calling in two seconds. My good friend, Carrie Tagawa, will be calling in about two seconds, so uh, just stand by on that also. Alan yes, Woodman, my buddy, how you doing, my friend? 
Hey, uh, how you doing, brother? Uh, just here. I, you know, I, I would say no, no. I, you know, I wanted to call in and say hi. I'm, yeah, I try to listen to your show as you know every chance I get. Um, uh, and uh, I, I had Sam call. I was actually uh, talking to to Master uh, Quack from. He's actually in England. He was calling from Manchester, and I I had told him to call into the show and. <laughs> And we'll we'll really? be you know I'll have a booth this year again at, at your event at the uh, Action Hall of Honors uh, and, and the seminar section I'll I'll be there and we'll be we'll be distributing uh, some of his books and DVDs there so he's been a longtime friend of mine so uh, we're going to be doing that at one sidekick, you know, the sidekick booth and right and, and, guess, and guess, guess, guess who's guess who's calling in right about now should, should we just bring hey. him on. All right, Bring welcome to the Action Martial Arts Power Hour, Mr. Kerry Tagawa. Kerry, welcome to the show. Hello, he's in the earpiece ready over here. <laughs> anyway, we got a great show today, man. We got, we got so many great people calling in. I'm very excited, too. It's great. And my, my good friend, Kerry, walking the door here, and he wanted to get part of the show tonight. Well, but he has having a little problem with his earpiece. Yeah, better. Yeah, you got to right, step away from goes. each other. You got too much feedback. Step away. Another legend we have here is Carrie Tagawa. Tell Carrie, you got to step out of that room. Go into the other room because the feedback's killing everybody. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alan's you're, you're Okay. How's that? <laughs> That's better. Okay. All right. All right. So we got Kerry Tagawa. How many people we got on the radio show here tonight? Who's on? Oh, we have a lot. We have Alan Woodman, Wikipedia Joe. We have Osu. We have, and we have the MMA Fight Council that's going to be coming on in a minute to give their update. And then we have uh, Kerry Tagawa and myself and you, Alan. We're having a ball. All right. Having a party. Hello to the audience here. Hey, what's up? How you doing, Alan? Hey, how you doing? Hi. Good to hear How from you again, brother. I hope you're doing good. Good, good, man. A little colder than California, but <laughs> yeah, I know. I was I was just out on the west coast when I I didn't want to come back. <laughs> it's a little hard, but people are worth it here, so can leave those west coast people for a minute. <laughs> yeah, cool. we just finished. Um, Mortal Kombat Legacy, the second season of the webisode, and uh, getting ready, hopefully, to to do Mortal Kombat 3, the movie. Oh, great. So, should be a good year next year. Carrie, are you going to be showcasing anything at the event in January? Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to show something from from that. I also... Excuse me. Um, I want to continue. Last year, I did a little bit demonstration of the healing system that I've been working with called Jushin. Alan was helping. Alan Woodman was helping to uh, put together the idea for a book for it. Um, I don't know how many. People yeah, I'm working were. on it, Gary. I'm working on it. I haven't put it away yeah, yet. Absolutely. Just I, I don't know if, if the audience knows how much Alan's been working uh, in publishing books and. Uh, doing a lot of work outside just his own practice. It turns out that Alan Woodman and I studied under the same group in, in Tokyo. And after having left them so long ago, I learned a lot from Alan about what happened after I left. <laughs> and um, 
explain the politics of the group and where it was going. It was uh, really quite an interesting experience, something I've never experienced before to meet someone and uh, learn that and confirm why I left. <laughs> but uh, it was really good. Yeah. So happy to be uh, here. May, may I ask a question? Sure. Yes. Sure, go ahead. Uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, I, uh, a while back. I really enjoyed your work with uh, the upcoming project with Shang's Army. But I wanted to ask you about um, you do a unique blend of yoga and 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 martial arts stretching with um, um, like uh, something similar to a bow staff. And uh, it was featured in an article several years ago. And I just wanted, if you have a moment, to elaborate on it and talk about it. I think it's a fascinating sure. topic. Sure, it's uh, part of a system of 34 years. It's uh, I have the feeling distinctly, although I'm I'm the only one in this lifetime that I'm aware of that, that uses the staff quite that way. Uh, when I was in China in '86, there wasn't there was an article in the China Daily newspaper in which they said that they had discovered scrolls, and the scrolls they described as Yin Yang exercise, which I'd always called this this particular form, Chu Xin, um, very much the yin and yang. Uh, and they were using it in a similar way. The staff was on the ground, and they were using it as a, a point of center. And it, it just kind of blew me away. That was in 86. My system had started developing in 78. So for, for me to go, in fact, we were doing last emperor in China at the time. So it was, it was quite a, a pleasant discovery. Uh, the idea is that the way that martial artists use their bodies uh, is not uh, quite to the depth of, of what I'm understanding now the body to be. And in that, although we have certainly the five animal styles and, and Master Goldberg explained to me that in actuality, at one time, it was 10 animal styles. So it, it just confirmed that what I'm doing, I believe, has a great basis in the arts, that from martial arts studying the body from an animal perspective, we're talking about four basic balancing points. And when we stood up to two, we lost 50% of our balance immediately which means without that 15% more balance, we're losing a lot of use of our ligaments and tendons. And through use of the staff, a third point of balance, I've been developing this to certainly be a stretching system. And at the same time, it being part of a stretching system, we, we don't really understand this completely yet. And certainly I don't. I'm just discovering it, but with more stretching, you create more circulation, more access to your ligaments and tendons. You prevent a lot of accidents, a lot of uh, typical bruises and, and bad joints that martial artists get and certainly suffer more as we get older. So this system is dedicated to martial artists uh, in that way. I want to teach the breathing to become the opening system, opening the animal body, 
to maintain that without being so hurt when you get hurt to certainly be a part of rehab. So that's uh, that's what I've been working with. And, and when I came to Hollywood, I, I uh, made the distinct promise to myself that if I ever got any notoriety in Hollywood, that I would use the energy to come back to the healing. So that's what we're in the middle of right now. And so creating new apps. So, Joe, in other words, the system that he created is for us whole thoughts. That's really what it's for. Mm-hmm. Well, and also the young part. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we need to do lots of badly. Oh my God. So, uh, Carrie, are you gonna are you gonna wind up coming out with a DVD series uh, based on that? I I am, but as we know, the technology uh, moving so quickly. The, the key right now, because that that certainly has been the idea, but now with uh, mobile apps, also webinars, the technology of webinars. Mm-hmm. Can reach the people in in one sort of class. Uh, I'm I'm looking at that right now. In fact, I I just left L.A. with a, a webinar group that's kind of cutting edge of that. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, I know I know we're getting close to uh, time here. We do have a few more people coming on. So I just want to thank uh, uh, my good friend Harry for coming on the air. It was a very good surprise. And my my also, do you have anything else you want to put into this conversation here? If you okay. would, you talk, would you saying to me? Yes, sir. Oh well, the, the the most important thing that I want to be able to express is my appreciation and gratitude for both of you all um, just inviting me to be on the show for for your Wikipedia this this encyclopedia this man who's asking all the questions. Thank you for him, and 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 definitely for Soki Thomas Gettling and, and and all the other listeners. I just want to make sure that I simply say this real real quickly, even though I know I have a tendency to be verbose. That Sifa uh, Goldberg, I just want you to continue to enjoy much success because your heart is into the martial arts and helping to promote it. And, and, and teach and practice it in so many different ways. And for you, sir, for your radio program, thank you for opening up the airwaves so that more people can learn more about it. I'm I'm just grateful and honored, and I appreciate it. And I look forward to being able to at least call in again and hopefully see everybody at the greatest martial arts assembly on earth in January in Atlantic City at the Tropicana Hotel. Oh, you know that's gonna, appreciate it. that that that's going to be a soundbite. My God, we're going to use that one. <laughs> hey, hey, but I, I got it. I'm actually going to have the hotel bring a wheelchair in to, for our buddy Wikipedia Joe because I don't think he's going to make it through the day without sitting down. Oh no! We, we, we have to give him more than up and about. <laughs> I am ecstatic. I, I am. I am bouncing off the satellites for this event. Let me tell you. Well, it's going to be good to have everyone there and just to have a good time. By the way, I know we have our gentleman bringing in our MMA report. So, uh, yeah. Lou, you got it, yeah, buddy. Let me, let God me bless take, you, uh, gentlemen. Good night. Yeah, th- thank you for coming on, Sorry, You know, we it was a – I mean, to, to Ari, what did I call you that for? Um, but I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, Carrie, thank you for coming on. And uh, Wikipedia Joe, you're always uh, interesting. I'm still looking for another stump before we have that uh, that outtake. All right, but on that note <laughs> – <laughs> that note, we're going to bring on uh, the MMA Fight Council uh, report. So uh, bring it. 
What's going hey, on, hey, man? What's going on, guys? Hey. All right. Hey, guys, what's going on? Hey, how are you? Sure, sure. Good. Well, what's, yeah, what's your report? Hey, thank you so much for uh, having us on today. Uh, I know I don't have much time. I just wanted to touch a little base on a uh, little Bellator 84 and Ultimate Fighter 16 finale. Okay, go. Um, Bellator 84, I just wanted to, uh, you know, there's a bunch of fights, but uh, mainly one thing that stood out was uh, Felice Herrig. Um, she won her fight 30-27 on all the judges' cards, and uh, she's going to be rising to the top shortly. Just keep that name in mind, Felice Herrig. She's, got, she's definitely up and coming. And then uh, quickly, I know I don't have much time. I'm going to jump right to the Ultimate Fighter 16 finale. Uh, one thing that stood out was Roy Nelson against uh, Matt Mitrione. He uh, used to play in the NFL, if you guys remember his name. Uh, he, he played a little bit for the Giants. Um, one thing that stood out was uh, Roy Nelson, his striking. He's, since 2007, he's really been on the striking march. He started out as basically a BJ, you know, BJJ, but uh, his striking has come along really, really intensely. And uh, one thing that stood out is he said he's just starting to get his combinations going just now. And that's a little scary for guys out there because he mm. is heavy-handed, a.k.a. big country. And, uh, and for all the uh, military guys out there, Colton Smith defeated Mike Ritchie. Uh, really, really a tough fight. The score is lopsided. You know, it's 30-27 on all the judges' cards. But Mike Ritchie, one tough son of a gun. I don't know how many times Colton thought he had him, but uh, Ritchie hung in there all the way to the decision. Um both U.S. Army combats, uh, one's an instructor, and uh, Colton Smith got the six-figure UFC contract on that night also, got the plaque, like, really stoked. And uh, don't forget about Pat Barry, his devastating knockout of uh, Shane Del Rosario. Pat Barry's still in the scene. Everyone had him counted out, especially after maybe the Mirko Krokop fight, but he's, Pat Barry's still in the scene. And uh, that's basically it for tonight, guys. I know, uh, well, I know you had, we appreciate, we yeah, I know you had some awesome. In. Yeah, I know you had some awesome guests on. I know, uh, you know, real important guests. So I didn't want to take up too much time. But what a what a show! Magicians, grandmasters. Wow, <laughs> really was an incredible show. Carrie Tagawa. Yeah. Man, you we guys. Had, we had everyone tonight. on tonight from all over yeah. the world. Yeah, tonight okay. was well. Awesome, thank you. And awesome I just want to show. say to our audience. Uh, please listen in next week. We have another special guest calling in. Uh, hopefully we have more people calling in and have this type of conversation. Again, it's very informative to everyone out there listening. So God bless everybody, and have a great Christmas and a happy new year. Okay, we're done. Audience, say it with me. Legendary. It's gonna be legendary. It's gonna be legendary. It's gonna be legendary. The ultimate martial arts business, Action Martial Arts Magazine Hall of Fame. January 25th to 26th this year. Don't miss it. Bigger and better than ever. More stars, more people, bigger rooms. We're expanding everything. Friday night parties, seminars. So be there. You need to call me? 718 856 8070. I'll tell you more.
You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. If you try to remember, you will lose. Empty your mind. Be formed. Shape. Like water. All the fighters that ever set foot on this planet. I'm the only world champion, United States national champion. I'm a two-time national college champion. I was never beating cotton. Be proud of it. The Action Marshal Arts Power.